Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Welcome to episode 246. That's 246. I'm with Mr. Liam Keane with a new microphone. Liam, how's it going? I'm good, mate. How are you? Amazing. It's for, it's nice for, to be hopefully loud and clear. Yes, you, you sound you sound beautiful, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna be in in full stereo this afternoon because there's no dogs going on. The dogs are not here; they've just been taken out by their dog walker, and we've just got lots of exciting things to discuss. I mean, it's the dream weekend. Walsall lost, Shrewsbury lost, Albion lost, Fila lost. Wolves win. <laughs> Life is good, baby. Well, uh, you know, I don't want Walsall to lose. I, obviously, I've got a soft spot, haven't I? A little bit. <laughs> I know it's not particularly exciting over there, but I've got a little bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. I've covered them for two years. Yeah, no, I'm only, I'm only teasing. It's only just to, just to stoke the fire, mate. You know what I mean? At the start of the podcast, because it, it, there's some, there's been a bit of rivalry with a plenty of, uh, plenty of different fan bases recently. So when you get the dream weekend, if you are considering a lot of the, the others rivals just because they're in the, you know, in the West Midlands, so to speak, then it's uh, it's kind of nice, isn't it? It's kind of nice. It's kind oh, of a satisfying weekend. I, I mean, mean, I watched Albion on Sunday. Christ! Just about to say it, mate. I mean, they are oh, dreadful, Oh, my aren't they? God. <laughs> they're so bad. I would rather stick pins in my eyes if it was that bad. <laughs> I must admit, speaking to the fans afterwards, they all they all gave decent interviews. And I... And and for a little bit, I did feel sorry for them because you know they're spending a lot of money to watch absolute dross. But those players, they need bloody putting down. Honestly, some of them are absolutely terrible. And to even think that they had a chance going to the Premier League, I mean that would be the worst squad in Premier League history. You even had three or four players to that, absolutely awful. They're an embarrassment to the shirt. They really are. Um, but I guess most fans don't really care. Yeah, no end of joy. Yes, music to people's ears, I guess, but Glorious. Oh, they were dreadful. I just sat there on Sunday afternoon and I'm thinking, and you know, in that terrible press box where you can't see anything going on, and in, a, in a dilapidated stadium, watching some of the worst quality football. And I mean, this is, I was watching League One, League Two football, really. It was that bad. And I'm thinking, God, I feel so sorry for our reporter, Joe Massey, has to watch him week in, week out, because there's just nothing to get excited about. Absolutely awful. You know what? I love Massey, but he hates Wolves, so unfortunately, you're loving you know, it. I, I, unfortunately, I'm enjoying it. For you know, for for how <laughs> you know, I mean, they, I, honestly, I can't help but laugh. They are dreadful. They are so bad, and um, I actually feel the person I feel sorry for the most is probably Steve Bruce. To be honest, because he's what a fa- he's a fa- he's a fa- genuinely because you feel bought- sorry for Steve Bruce. He's yeah. got an eight million pound payoff. From Newcastle United, Not- he's in the Barbados when he gets the call, and then he's taken a two-year deal when he didn't have to because he could retire and, and, and literally live in 11 different countries over the next 12 months, and you feel sorry for him. Well, I don't wow. feel sorry for him financially. Kino. I don't feel what? sorry for him financially. What? I feel, I feel sorry for him that he's walked into an absolute basket case of a football team. It was a basket decision. I've got no sympathy for him whatsoever. Are you joking? <laughs> Oh I'm gonna feel sorry for someone. Yeah, he you feels sorry well, for Massey. Bemused, and I don't. You've amused me at times. I mean, I went, al- I went along with them. You know, when you said about Saar and the penalty until I saw the penalty back after on the on the on Saturday. You know, like what are you talking about, Kino? You you need to you need to give your head a wobble, young man. Give your head a wobble. Wow. Oh, it's embarrassing, embarrassing. And do you know what? I was even I was I was disappointed on on Saturday because I got to the ground 
two hours and 20 minutes before, not because I, I wanted to, but because I had some uh, some cricket nets at uh, Wolverhampton um, uh, school. Uh, so um, so I went there and I thought, oh, I'm going to be the first one here. Keener's going to be fuming. And I walk in and you're already there. He's yeah, already I... there. He's already had some food. Oh, no, he's, he's not happy because the food hasn't come yet. You had only two air helpings this week, Keno, and you were furious with the portion you got. No, 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 no. They were only the first portion. The second portion was much better. I think it's because they knew I was going to go back, so the first one they gave me was a little bit. Um, You've got a name. Small. You must have a name with those with those servers because I mean, you you were literally going seconds and thirds non-stop, and you were. It's funny. You came back with literally a little bit of veg and a small chicken. Then I went for mine. I came back with salmon, salad, root vegetables, cauliflower, a salmon steak. You were absolutely seething. Well, I'm, I'm glad you you've mentioned that now. Calories mm. is another thing, mm. but in terms of sheer mass of food, yes. my two portions were nowhere near your one. Wow. Your one wow. was way bigger. Wow, and, I love you, that. and you've got the cheek, you've got the brass neck mm. to come after me. Well, some of us have already worked. Some of us have done a 10k run in the morning and gone to cricket nets. You know, we can't just go to, to Feng Shui or whatever you do, you know, origami, Mate, I, and then, well, and then in say the gym. That you burn some calories off. I was in the gym that morning, I was in the gym oh, this morning as well. Gosh. I can just see you on the elliptical with your newspaper, you know, flicking through, making a couple of calls and uh, wiping a, a modicum, you know, tiny couple of drops of sweat and then thinking, oh, I've done a session there. I deserve no, that now. Go. Let's go to Mackie D's. Let's go to KFC. Let's well, double I wish, up. I wish. I, I, as I was explaining to you in person, mm. um, I've, I've got a few things against me. I've got my genetics. I've yeah, got my... Size, you it, mean, because you're... you're Five, five. So yeah, five eleven. Mm. My genetics. Five my 11, oh my god! Uh, I have to adjust the camera every single time. If you want to, you know what? Shot. If you want to me- measure me, and you can take that any way you like, mm. you're you are more than welcome. Yeah. Bring a tape measure with you. <laughs> a tape measure. I'm not I'm gonna have a, It'll be a small ruler, mate. I tell oh, you that. Go. Anyway, my be genetics. My incredible appetite. Your set square. All, all of this. All of that be is going against compass. me. If I don't watch what I eat and, mm. and exercise, I, as I was explaining to you, I will mm. be 30 stone because mm. it's just I just love food. Like, I to have to be careful. I have to, I have to track calories and I have to work out, otherwise it's impossible for me. And you know what? Mm. I actually thought about this the other day. Mm. You've never seen me without a big coat on or some sort of jacket or even a, a, you know, a blazer uh, suit jacket. I don't like the way this is going, Keena. I'm, I'm rocking up. Well, no, I'm not really. I was going to say I'm working for the best, but no, I'm, not actually, I'm not actually going to do it. Um, I'm already ready, ready for Richardson say, uh, gear on the last day of the season, mate. So you, uh, you might as well both uh, both be showing off uh, some interesting uh, regalia. You should see the physique, mate. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Okay. Animal. Animal. Talking about an animal. One animal devouring another. A hey. wolf devouring a lion, and uh, we were we were there to see it. So wolves two, Aston Villa one. It could and should have been a lot more comfortable than that, but that wouldn't be Wolves, Liam. But at the same time, that was um, with 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 the circumstances going into this game, and I must admit, I was worried. Uh, Villa really helped out, especially in that first half, to allay anyone's fears because they were absolutely horrific. And uh, a much changed and uh, Wolverhampton side did the business. And when I was talking, I think we called the last podcast "Stand Up and Be Counted." Some of these players did stand up and be counted, uh, Kino, and I, and I thought it was an an excellent victory and kind of like eradicated any kind of lingering fears with a with a Villa win that they might end up catching Wolves, and uh, they just showed how, how much of a team they were on Saturday and fair play. Yeah, I think that's the um, 
the the best way to put it is the team, isn't it? It's a typical Wolves uh, performance, you know, the, the context to it that everyone's going into the game. I think me and you as well, a little bit concerned about what the result might be. I was going, worried. <laughs> going into the game. And, um, and Wolves come away with a, with a deserved victory. And there's plenty of performances from individuals that maybe not expect is, um, is, is a bit harsh. But, you know, there, there were plenty of impressive performances. And, and Wolves, as I say, were comfortable. And we didn't expect it, so it's it's very typical, very typical Wolves. Um, when you think they're down and out, all of a sudden they uh, have a, a mini resurrection of sorts. But mm. yeah, they they were well worth the win. And um, and the best sort of compliment I can give, alongside to say that it was a great team performance, was that individuals I couldn't name one player who had a bad game. Yeah. Um, there was some better than others, of course, but I couldn't name one player who I thought was poor. Uh, any player that was off it, off the pace at all. Um, I think you know your likes of Trincao, for example, wasn't probably quite as influential as he was in that short period against Leeds. But I thought he did plenty of of, of good things as well in the game. Um, how onto the ball well, a few nice dribbles and touches, good crosses. Should have scored probably as well with well, that one on one chance he had. So there was um, plenty to plenty to shout about. I mean, the, the standouts. I'm sure we'll go into them in we're detail. Gonna, we're going to go into them. Now. Yeah, will be yeah, for definitely. me. Fabio, Matinho, maybe Den Donk. I'll throw in there as well. Yeah, and um, Johnny and Johnny. Don't forget Johnny. It was um it was a really big game because they needed to recover from that Leeds result and I'm so pleased that they did and really nothing short of a win and I would start to think that the European hopes were, were fading and fading fast. They've given themselves a fighting chance now, they really have with seven games to go, and we'll come on to that in a little bit. But I want to discuss three players that I guess don't we don't really talk about too much on this podcast, and I think that they deserve, especially in this performance, and maybe just the way and their mindset throughout the season, um, some praise. It's a pleasure to really talk about about these guys because you know, every week we're talking about Neves or you know Moutinho or Saar or you know Cody and, and Kilman and all these players who have obviously been fantastic. But the three that I've kind of picked uh, picked apart and, and picked out of the game was Marcel. Leander Dendonka and Fabio Silva. Now, Marcel, maybe people say, well, especially at the start, it was a little bit you know, negative and turning back, etc. But obviously influential in the second goal, which was the own goal. Great, great finish, by the way. Fantastic finish <laughs> from Ashley Young. Stunning top corner. But I think these three guys, let's talk about them a little bit. You know, Marcel, at the start of the season, people didn't know how many games they were going to get from him. Obviously, had a, had a, had a dreadful season before, blighted by injury. And yes, he's had, he's had knocks, but he's definitely played more than I expect him to play this season. And on the whole, I think, Liam, he's been pretty dependable. So let's uh, let's talk about Marcel. He's obviously coming to the end of his contract here. Uh, but I think, on the whole, it's been a positive season for him and you know was very dependable. He could have gone a little bit more attacking. He didn't. He kept Marcel at left wing back in this game and, and I didn't think he, um, he let anyone down at all. Yeah, totally agree. Um, it's always a... Maybe a concern again is, is is a harsh word to use, but it's always a concern when Aitnori isn't in the team. Mainly because he's, I think, you can probably pick one or two games out of you know two dozen where he's um, where he's been poor. He's been excellent this season, and at home against a rival, you you want to go at them, you want to win, you want to score goals, and it always feels like when Marcel's playing ahead of Aitnori that that is not the priority or that is not the ambition, and it's more of a you know keeping stock and keeping a clean sheet and and in some ways it is you know Marcel off, off, offers very different characteristics than Aitnori does but 
I think particularly the last two performances actually for Marcel, but talking about the Villa one, um, he's I think very very dependable is the word you use. I think it's it's bang on. Um, defensively solid, you know, linked up nicely with with Kilman. Um, the communication was there. I think occasionally Sight and Marcel have been sort of stepping on each other's toes in in games where Wolves have been slightly poor um, and a bit hasty. And uh, I think they communicated well between the two of them. He he got forward at, at times as well. It, it's not his forte certainly, but it was a great cross, a, a superb cross for the the own goal. Um, and he's just a, a pretty solid, cha- uh, sort of Premier League player. I don't think he's. I know he's played Champions League and, and played for good clubs, but I don't think he's a you know a, a type of player that's going to push Wolves on into the Champions League or, or into Europe. But I think he's a, a solid squad player that potentially. Could be a good option to keep hold of. Um, well, I was going to say that you know, he was he's he's he up at the end of the season. Um, I guess if 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 I was a betting man, Keane, and you know that I'm not. Uh, okay, maybe from time to time, I would say that Marcel probably wouldn't be at the club next year. But you know, there's seven games left, and he's going to have an important part to play. And maybe he could be that utility player where look, he's not going to be st- starting. Week in, week out for Wolves, but you know, with five substitutes next season, he could be a useful bench option who can play in in a, in a couple of different positions and and be that kind of swing from um, left wing back to left back to 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 centre left hand side of a centre if they go for three, if they go for four, if they go for five. Yeah, he's versatile, isn't he? Um, and I've always said that I felt he would be good at the on the, the left side of a back three, but we've never really seen him there. Um, and it, it, it comes down really to the tactics and strategy for individual games, which is something Bruno talks about a lot, actually, which I don't know whether fans have have picked up because um, it's not the most exciting stuff. So it doesn't always get put out there by, you know, myself or the, or the fellow journalists. But he speaks about it a lot, about the, you know, the, the decisions with each position and, and who he's going to pick, particularly in the forward areas and at wing back uh, and probably midfield as well, to be fair, you know, the, the strategy for how they're going to play against the opposition. Uh, and that's why Marcel and Aitnori have sort of interchanged every so often. Uh, you know, Aitnori probably is, or has been the preferred option just about after the early part of the season before Marcel's first injury. Um, but I think that, you know, for this season, I think, I think they've been two very different but very good options. Um, and, and a fair play to Marcel because he had a very good start, I thought, to the season, dipped off a bit, had his injury. And he's had sort of peaks and troughs th- throughout the uh, the season, um, but I think he's he's at a peak again now. I think he's he's playing very well, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he does keep his place. But then equally, and this is this isn't the most you know insightful analysis, but equally it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play the next game because it's the way Bruno is operating. And if he feels that Aitnori is the best option um, tactically, uh, then then he'll go with him. So it's it's a it's a toss of the the coin really at the moment. Leonard Donker, he's had his critics this season and in previous seasons, I guess. But with Ruben Neves injured, there needed to be someone, like we say, who really took the ball by the horns. I thought he had one of his best games in a, in a Wolves shirt, to be honest, Liam. Not, ju- not just this season, but, but seasons gone by. And he really needed to do that against you know a, a, a top-class midfield and uh, that was where the threat was for Villa and I thought they curtailed it very well defensively and also pushed on was a threat going forward this is the kind of box-to-box midfielder that Wolves have been well that's there that's within Leander Dendonka but hasn't shown it enough and he needs to show it more often but there is a player there and it's about getting the best of him and I think that will give him the world of confidence going into the last seven games yeah I think the the main criticism from me and I've, I've said this all season really is that 
Leander is capable of a performance like that and games like that. Um, I think from the top of my head, it was Spurs away. Uh, he scored, of course, in that game as well. Um, and he was wonderful that day. Um, ironically, leading up to that game, he'd come in for quite a lot of criticism online as well. So uh, he, he was excellent that day. And the biggest criticism really is that those performances are few and far between with him. They've been too inconsistent. But we know it's in his locker. You look at the the clip that Wolves tweeted out today. And I remember watching this in real time and thinking the same thing. Um, they, the clip they put out today when he sort of, a bit of a, a spin, drives forward with the ball, sort of drives through three midfielders, uh, Villa midfielders, um, and just gets Wolves up the pitch, really. He, he's capable of doing that. And, of course, we know that he's the preferred option in, from you know the options they've got in midfield to arrive later and to support the attack when they have played a three, for example. And, of course, he had that chance in the first half that... He sliced, probably should have done a bit better with, but he was getting into those positions. And then just the simple the simple things. And he was able to keep it simple because of the help of Moutinho as well. But simple interceptions, simple square passes, but everything was, was on point. Um, and that's the difference, really, because we've seen Dendong have good games with difficult moments. We've seen him have a game like that and the Spurs one that I'm talking about. And then we've seen him have very poor afternoons as well. So... It's good to see that he, he showed that on an important stage at the perfect time when Wolves are uh, missing Ruben Neves, of course. They, he just needs to do it consistently now. Um, and I do think he's got it in him. I think he's, what, 26, I think, off the top of my head. So there's no reason why there isn't still growth there for him. And I think, you know, the penny has to drop eventually. Um, perhaps this will be the, the catalyst for it. But... Um, yeah, I think, again, he's he's a player that, for my money, I would keep hold of for Wolves. Um, I think they, oh, I know I've said this all along, I think they need a midfield signing anyway. But um, I think, he, again, he's versatile. He, he has played centre-back uh, in the past, once or twice this season as well, actually. Um, he can do that forward-thinking midfield role. And uh, I thought, yeah, he was he was actually, he deserves um, the props. I don't want it to sound too much like a criticism, I think it's just a, a realistic analysis, but he deserves credit for his performance. I thought he was excellent. It's a funny... Um, I mean, Leander Dendonka, really, since since he was signed, so it's been a funny career, hasn't it? Because, like you say, he has showed moments of absolute brilliance and, and some fantastic games and, score, and probably should score more often. I mean, he gets himself into some decent positions and it doesn't quite happen for him. So, you know, it is that kind of box-to-box midfield that Wolves are looking for. Um, and I've kind of... I've kind of discussed a couple of times that he's he's, you know, West Ham's version. Who is Kino? West Ham's version, Leander Dendonka. Who is? I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, I'm, I, I'm well. I mean, I don't think Sochek. I was going to say Thomas Sochek, but I don't. Yeah, think, Sochek's a lot better going forward. Yeah, a lot better going forward. Although <laughs> he's had a quieter this season, quite quieter period this season of going forward. You know, he had a, he had a golden summer. Uh, last year but at the same time that's the kind of ability I think Leander Dendonka possesses now it really has been from the very start because if you remember they signed him I think for about 12 million quid if memory serves me correct and we're all expecting this this player to come in and do you remember Nuno didn't start him for a long long time because he came back and they said he was overweight and unfit and, and they were kind of disappointed with the way that he turned up to to Wolves and it took him a while to get back and get into the swing of things and, and get his place into the side so he's never really had 
a constant at Wolves, has he? And I, I wonder if um, if maybe maybe that's why he's suffered, and maybe that's why we haven't seen the best of him because he hasn't really had. And look, that's not that's not anybody else's fault, I guess, apart from Leander's. A real good run in the sideways, playing every single week, as in he's playing. He's, he's one of the guys on the on the team sheet. You know, like let's say Lester Tealmans is, is playing every week. You know, he's, he's 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 one of your first names on the team sheet. He's never really had that at Wolves, has he? Can he do that? Can he break through? Does it depend on the formation that Wolves play? And if he does, can you know? Can you see him maybe signing a new contract and being? An, an, an option for Wolves in the next three to four to five years. Yeah, I think you remember this season as well. Um, the, the early parts of the season, it was exactly the same. Um, he didn't, aside from the cup games, he didn't really start or have a big um, a big role in Bruno's team for probably a good couple of months, if my memory serves me right. So um, that's that's the probably the biggest problem for him. You're right, is that he's up against Mitinho and Neves, and and even. In big games this season, where Wolves have played the two, um, sh- you know, straight away I think of Man United away. That of course that one 0 win, Neves and Moutinho start that game. Um, he's he's always fluttered in and out of the side, uh, Dendonka. And unfortunately, I think it's that exact point. I think it comes down to formation, um, unless of course there's an injury, which which is the case at the moment. That if Wolves are going to play a three midfield, he comes in. If they don't. Um, 90% of the time Moutinho and Neves are going to start um, for the rest of the season of course you know he's going to he's going to start I'd imagine all of the next few games unless Kundal is surprisingly thrown in um, in, a, in a midfield too but um, and, and he'll get that chance to, to shine and I can see him staying you know for a good couple of years yet but I, I'm not sure he's ever going to be the the first name on the team sheet um, I, I just think his style the way Wolves want to play and the way they have played this season, um, I, I think he suits a uh, utility man, a man that they can depend on to come in when they need him. But I don't think he's going to be someone they're going to rely on regularly. And that's that's just my just just my opinion. I, I'd like to be proved wrong because I think, as you say, if he can show regularly what he did against Villa on Saturday, there's no reason why he can't um, he can't be an important player for Wolves. But I think it's it's always going to be the the nearly man is what it feels like. Mm. And last but definitely not least, a man of the match performance, really, I think, and, and deserved a goal and thought it wasn't a score goal in that first half when he absolutely rinsed England international Tyrone Mings. Um, Fabio Silva, we all talked about Raul and, and, and his two-game suspension and, and, and Fabio. We were hoping that Fabio was going to get the nod, but until we saw that team sheet come out, we weren't... We weren't sure where he could have gone with Huang. He didn't in the end. He went with Fabio, and I'm so glad he did. You need someone to to, to lead the line, and we've seen we've seen Fabio in and out of the side, of course, and we've seen the good and we've seen the bad Fabio. This was the good Fabio. This was a he was up for it from from ball one, I think, and I thought he produced an excellent performance, and he got a standing ovation coming off the pitch, and that's exactly what. I think this kid needs, and it's been a difficult start to his career, and there's so many reasons why. I think that there is a play there. I really do. I don't think any player sometimes you can say are going to ever earn, you know, whatever they're worth, the amount of transfer fees paid, and and it's difficult. I think you're always going to have that on his back, regardless of wherever he goes and however well he does in whatever league. But just take him, take him as a young kid 
who's trying to learn his trade, who's playing top-class Premier League football. I thought he did a fantastic job on Saturday and has absolutely assured himself of a place against Newcastle. And to be honest, Liam, with the way Raul has been playing, let's be honest, beyond that, he could finish the season as the main striker in this club. He could. I don't think he will. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a it's a fair point. I think, um, yeah, I was very concerned that he wasn't going to start against Villa. I think I said that on here, didn't I? Um, and I'm hoping the lessons have been learned about playing. Uh, I think on the on the podcast last week, I said Trincao Huang Pedence against Palace. It was actually Neto rather than Trincao when I realised uh, my mistake afterwards. But um, playing that front three, Pedence as a, as a false nine against Palace, and it did not work at all. There was no outlet at all, no focal point. I found that Fabio needed to play. I tweeted that he deserved the opportunity, and I'm so pleased that he didn't make me look uh, didn't make me look silly by uh, by Saturday night because, as you say, excellent. the The best way to describe how he dealt with Konza and Mings, uh, particularly Mings, um, and also I suppose the, the the problems he caused them was he, he just bullied them, mm. which for a, a player of his age at 19, he's quite a slight in frame isn't he um although I do think he's filling out he, you know he looks bigger and stronger than he did when he you know last season but he is still you know quite a slight um kid I mean as, as Bruno said in the post-match press conference he said you know he's got the same body as me and I didn't expect him to be winning so many duels but um he did he, he won headers he had the ball at well he, he you know linked up nicely with those around him played one beautiful pass for Trincao when he was thrown goal he should have Done better and scored with it. Um, of course, he had the through one on one. Sorry, himself when he just barged easily Mings off the ball. Who, by the way, had another stinker. Mm. Um, barged him off the ball, runs through on goal. The criticism there is that he needs to open his body up onto his left foot, um, where where you know the majority of the goal is and the angle is from where Martinez's body position is. But he goes with his right foot and, and kicks it pretty much straight at the keeper. Uh, so aside from that, you know, aside from the fact he should have scored, and that's what what he needed. Um, I think it would do him the world of good for the, for his confidence, having the standard ovation, having uh, I think he, I forget the exact situation, but he, he won a corner basically through his sheer hard work in the second half, closing people down, and and the South Bank was singing his name. Um, little things like that, as a nineteen year old kid, is going to be huge for him. So, of course, goals are what strikers are judged on, and. He needs to improve. Of course, he does. I think he did fairly well last season, considering he was thrown into it um, with with Raz's injury. But he needs goals. That's the biggest criticism. But it's baby steps and baby steps because of his age mainly. But he barely had any minutes. You got to remember that. You know, he's he's um, as Bruno said afterwards again. He you know he's the victim of really of these thirty games and that. I've had to do so many different substitutions elsewhere, sort of enforced changes, that he's not got Fabio on as much as he wanted to. But he got a deserved start, a very good performance, and he he has to start against Newcastle. And I hope he finds that goal that that, um, that he needs because it will uh, again it'll just be another boost for him. And I'm glad to see him doing well because I, th- I even when he was struggling and friends were criticised him, I I always felt there was something there with him. Um, He's not got any unbelievable, outstanding attributes, which sounds like a big criticism. Um, I, you know, I think he's a good finisher, but I don't think he's massively prolific. His goal scoring will tell you that. He's not massively quick. Um, but I think he's his intelligence on the field is starting to improve. And I think he used his body perfectly against Villa 
and he'll get opportunities from that. And he forced one, as I say, with the the, the Ming situation. Should have scored. But I just hope he gets that goal sooner rather than later. And for me, as I say, he starts against Newcastle and he's in the running to start after that if he has a good performance there. Can he, uh, can he score goals on a consistent basis in the Premier League? I think he can. I think um, he just needs to be more, th- more ruthless. He's had the opportunities to. He's had opportunities in other games as well and hasn't quite taken them. Um, it's that split second which I think comes in time and experience. Um, if you're a split second too slow, Premier League defenders will beat you to the ball. And that's, you know, if a ball's coming into the box and it's sitting up for you on a, on a half volley, for example, it's a very specific example, but it sits up for you and you delay or you take an extra touch when the chance is there. There's not many players who can take an extra touch. You know, it's the like of your Neves, for example, who will take an extra touch and put it the other corner. Not many players can do that. And not many players can do that at 19. I think he needs... That that comes in time and experience. And I think once he gets up to speed, which I think he's getting there, I think the goal the goals start to come. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, he, I think he's very good at finding space in the box. I think he makes makes good runs. And if he's found, I think he'll score. Um, out of those three, Liam, who can you see playing the most between now and the end of the season? Marcel, Dendonka and Fabio Silva. Um, well, it's good. Yeah, I think it has to be Dendonka purely because of Neves' injury. Um, I think we'll see more of Luke Kundal, but I don't think we'll see him starting two, three, four games in a row, for example. Um, of course, there's only seven left as well, so the opportunities are few and far between, and Wolves have got a lot to play for. So, yeah, I think Dendonka. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to, let's move away from the senior team for a minute and let's talk about. This incredible, and I mean incredible, Wolves women's side, Liam. Um, one point they need at home on Sunday to uh, to win the league, to win their division. Uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, the circumstances, what's going on next week as well, and uh, why winning the league does not necessarily get them up into the next division, the championship, the second tier of, of, women's, of women's football. Yes, uh, Dan McNamara um, over at Wolves Women is doing a, a brilliant job and he has done for a, a couple of years now. They've been excellent. They've slowly built this team up into a, into a team that is capable of putting a season together like they have done this year. Uh, they've lost one game all season out of 20. They're top of the table by six points and they've played two games less than second place Derby County. And that shows you why with four games to go. Domination. I know, exactly. Uh, And that that one loss actually came to, I believe it was Burnley. It was only a few weeks ago. uh, They lost 3-0 to Burnley. Burnley was sixth. So essentially it was a freak result, really. I mean, they've absolutely ran rings around the teams, um, around them in, in the league. So... And let's be um, honest, Kenny, with the way things have gone in previous seasons, with you know with COVID and stuff like that, they should be in the ch- playing in the championship now. So this is yeah. really playing catch up, isn't it? And it's frustrating for everybody concerned, but but finally they're getting the results and we're having a normal season or normalish season. And, uh, and and look, they've been they've been magnificent in that division. They are head and shoulders. Yeah, exactly, and and deserved winners. Uh, I think we can call them that already. I know. Dan won't want to. He wants to mm-hmm. focus on the uh, on on the game coming up. But he's like Nuno doesn't look at the table. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> but they they Sorry, need Dan. one they need one point from four games left. And um, and then on Sunday uh, at home uh, at Castlecroft they're playing um, Sheffield Women who are a second bottom in the division. Wolves beat them five 0 earlier in the season. You know the odds of them not getting at least a point is um, is pretty slim. So you know on Sunday. We should be calling Wolves Women champions, but 
and this is in my for my money very unfair unfortunately that doesn't put them straight away up into the championship the way the way it works um in the uh the women's national league um wolves are in the northern premier division um and they're going to win the premier division and they then have to play the winner of the southern premier division in a playoff uh, a one-legged one-off game uh for an opportunity to move up to the championship and of course the championship then is is uh is just one promotion away from the uh, women's super league which is the top division of course in england so um yeah it i mean for my money i mean i know we were going to talk about this it, it it's it's very unfair, isn't it? That seems bizarre. And, 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 and this is not just for Wolves. It's, you know, it's for the teams in the the Southern League as well. Whoever wins that league, both teams really should be going up, and two should be coming down mm. from the Championship. Um, I don't really understand why that isn't the case, but Wolves have, uh, have yeah, they've got some challenges ahead of them. What are your thoughts on that? Because it just feels like it's um, it's almost counterproductive to, I suppose the sporting integrity of promotion and relegation if it's so difficult to go up and so difficult to come down yeah it's difficult isn't it I mean look you, I, I guess when you separate whenever you separate something into the north and the south then it's difficult because you know if you relegate two teams from from the division above but let's say they're both in the north or both in the south then then what do you do but there's got to be a better way of balancing that there's got to mm. be a better way of uh, and a fairer way of, of sorting that out and you know I think I always think one going down when you've got the the amount of teams you know in the north and south that are desperate to to obviously playing and then and some of them playing full time and 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 going and and trying to make a better a better fist of things i think you've got to have a bit more of an incentive than just one place between two of your between two of your divisions and only one going down there's got to be more accountability there there's got to be more of a threat from you know the top two divisions to be able to go down a bit more to play for and i think you'll get a bit more excitement there you know if there's only one going down i'm not saying that's the it's just women's league i mean look at the National League, National League North and South, only one goes down from there as well. So it's not just in the Women's League, but at the same time, especially when Wolves have dominated all season, to go into a one-off game at a neutral venue where anything could happen just seems to me like it's too much. It's, it's too much of a lottery, you know. At least have a home and away, you know, mm. aspect of it. To, to have a one ninety-minute game seems um, seems disappointing. Of course, if it's a cup game. Then, then, then make it happen. But when it's a league, when it's when the stakes are so high and you've worked so hard this season, you know, over over eight nine months to come down to one ninety minute game when you've won it by that amount and that clear amount, they could win it by ten or twelve points, Liam. You know, easily score easily the most goals, and then you're down to one off game. Let's hope that they get through it. Um, but that game, that playoff game, Kino, um, let's hope that that they get some great support. Do we know when that may be and who, of course, they may play? Yeah, so uh, as it stands, it's uh, I mean the season um, ends on uh, the the first of May, the eleventh of May. They've also got um, the Birmingham County Cup final against West Brom, um, which will be at the Bankses. Uh, that's the yeah, the Wednesday the eleventh. So uh, it'll be after that, of course, as well. So we're talking. It's it's going to be in May. I don't know the date yet. You, I'd imagine late May. Um, uh, and it will be at a neutral venue again. We don't know where that's going to be. I suspect it may depend um, on on who wins the Southern League as well, because uh, they. I mean, I don't, I don't know this for certain, but I suspect they'll in, incorporate, uh, you know, the travel and things like that to make it as fair as possible. So, um, interestingly enough, the Southern Premier is actually a lot tighter uh, mm-hmm. than Wolves uh, in the Northern. So currently, top of the table, Ipswich, uh, on fifty four points, Southampton are second. On fifty-three points, but Ipswich will play two games more. So Southampton are a point off the top with two games in hand, 
And then even just below them, Oxford have played one game more than Southampton, but one game less than Ipswich. And they're 50 points. So they're only four off Ipswich and three off yeah. Southampton. So realistically, there's three teams there with the with, with the amount of fixtures that are, that are left. There's three teams there in, in Ipswich, Southampton, Oxford. Um, that could all potentially uh, go up. I think it... Looking at it, it looks like it's in Southampton's hands, um, and, uh, and and they're probably the most likely to, to do it. But any of those three could do it as it stands, and um, and yeah, it'll be a big a big uh, event for for Wolves. But of course, they've got another one coming up soon. So as I say, the the Sunday game, uh, they need a point to to win the league. Um, they then still got games to play this season. Um, they're and they've actually moved a home game against Bridgehouse Town, which was meant to be uh, late April. They've moved that to next Wednesday, the 13th of April, uh, and that's going to be at uh, Molyneux now, um, which will be an excellent uh, occasion for the women and should, provided Sunday goes well, should be a, an event to welcome the champions um, mm. and, and hopefully you know a lot of fans there to, to cheer them on. I'm going to be, well, I think you're going to be with me as well, aren't you, on, on that for that one? We're going to I shall down. be with you, Kino. Yeah, looking yes. forward to it. Looking forward to giving them a great reception, yeah. hopefully, like you say, as champions. Um, if, if somehow something goes wrong on Sunday, then, then there'll be plenty, even more to play for at the game. But yes, um, yeah, definitely. hopefully... Hopefully they will have they will have a great reception. I'm sure they will do. And if anyone, I mean, the tickets are available. Um, I think Kino, you tweeted out as well the other day uh, some story. I mean, go to go to the Wolf site, get some tickets for the day, and uh, look welcome them in because they've done an unbelievable job. They certainly have. They certainly have. It's 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 good to see them being rewarded. They're doing yeah. They, they they've been excellent. Just hope that it doesn't come back to bite them um, with this this one off game. As I say, it's, for me, I I, I don't like. Uh, the, how it works in the system, but hopefully Wolves get what they um, what they deserve and they have a you know a good end to a good end to the season and then a big a big move up. And, and I've, actually, just to finish on that as well, um, it's speaking recently to to Scott Sellers uh, in that interview I did. Um, I, I did a piece with him as well on the Wolves women team and and they're currently working on um, what they have to do the you know the boxes they have to tick for Wolves women becoming a Championship side, provided of course they make it. Um, they have to change venue. Uh, it have to be a sort of a, a bigger uh, ground. Has to meet meet certain requirements. They've got sort of hierarchical positions they've got to fill in terms of people that, that sort of run and work with the women's team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they've got budgets to work on things like that. So um, yeah, there's plenty to uh, plenty to work on, um, provided they get up and they're, and they're putting those in place as as, it, as we speak. And uh, and Scott made it very clear that you know the women's team is uh, is a is a big part and we're taking it very seriously. So. Yeah, hope best of luck to to Dan uh, and his side on Sunday. I'm absolutely. I'll, I'll be tweeting this on Sunday. I'm absolutely gutted that I've um, I've got family commitments that mean I can't make it for that game. But I'll be there at Molyneux on the thirteenth, and uh, and hopefully there for a um, a playoff uh, final uh, against the uh, the champions of the Southern League, whenever that may be in May. Uh, hopefully, I'll be down there for that as well. Yeah, the, I guess the dream and the overall dream and and, and the, the the long-standing dream is for the women to become a fully professional, fully playing and uh, and playing in the Premier League and playing in the WSL. It's 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 definitely doable. Um, and look, I, I think if they get out of this division, Kino, and I've seen I've seen some Championship action and stuff, and there's no reason why they can't go and and, and you know if if and when they do they do win that playoff game. Go and have another push, and really have a good go at that division above, because they will win plenty of games in there. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about some real, real excitement if, they, if they're pushing for promotion to go into the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. They've got they've got talent there already, and I think they're 
their scouting and their recruitment has been very good as well. Um, and hopefully holding on to the best players as well. Yeah. I'm sure that they will do. You know, if yeah. they, especially if they go up. If they don't go up, then they may, they may have a few issues. But at the same time. I'm I'm still pretty confident they'll win a one-off game because I do think they're a class above. But at the same time, hopes, uh, fingers crossed, and and we'll we'll let you know when that day is, if and when uh, that's announced uh, sooner rather than later. But of course, I've got to get one more point, so let's get that out of the way first. Too right. Best of luck to them on uh, on Sunday. On uh, I'll be watching from afar. Excited. Right. Good stuff. I put a Bruno Large tweet out last night actually because I was just you know after after Arsenal got absolutely smashed by Crystal Palace. By the way. Um, Last night, you know, I looked at the Premier League table and I was a, I was a little bit surprised. I understood that they were they were back in the mix. Of course, Villa, uh, not Villa, um, West Ham beating beating Everton, so Wolves went back into their their comfort position of eighth. But um, but with that defeat uh, for for Arsenal, they're still within touching distance of fourth. Now they're not going to get fourth. I, I I get that. But I'd looked at it and I've gone, you know, with the situation that Wolves have had this season, Liam, with Bruno coming, new manager. Working with the same players, not getting the players that he wanted in, you know, through lots of different reasons. But you know, screaming out for a midfielder didn't happen. You know, lots of talk about getting another defender in didn't happen. You know, arguably they're one of their two or three best players in the squad. Pedro Neto set back and and you know lost another three or four months. We haven't really seen him at all this season. Your top scorer scoring six goals all season, only six. So to be to be five points of fourth place, yes, so there's a couple of teams who've got games in hand, but to be five points of fourth place with seven games left of the season, I look at it and I go, that's an incredible job by Bruno Large. And you look at the situation and I understand that there's games, as you will have any season where you're like, oh, if only they'd won this game. You can talk about the Leeds, the Leeds game. There's, there's regrettable games, of course, as there is... At any level, there's also games where they won, where you wouldn't expect them to win, or great performances, or amazing comebacks from nowhere, like Villa away. So you know that that's just part of a season. But when you look at it, when you look at the way that they've progressed under Bruno, with the setbacks they've had, to be within touching distance of the top four, he deserves massive credit for me. I couldn't agree more. Genuinely, could not agree more. Um, I think. It's unlike you, as I say. You've put it perfectly, nail on the head. You don't need you don't need me here, mate. Do you? You don't need me. Um, I think there is always there's regrettable games, as you say. You look at the Leeds one, probably both Leeds games actually. Yeah. Brentford at home, perhaps both Palace games. To be honest, they were very poor in those. Um, maybe well, that's going just up a one. season. That's that's what happens with the season. Exactly. Unless you're, unless you're Man City or Liverpool. You know, even I mean, look at Arsenal last night. You know, Arsenal, Spurs, Spurs got Spurs were horrendous the first half of the season. You know, these kind of teams, you're always going to get that, I think, and you're always going to get that with Wolves, aren't you? Because they're never going to be, you know, light years ahead and, and playing Champions League football, you know, week in week out. But when you move down, that, that's that's almost the beauty of the Premier League. Yes, it's frustrating at times, but everybody can be everybody, and uh, that's always going to be the case. And for the amount of games that they have lost to get in disappointing circumstances, they've, they've won a lot more in in you know in backs to the walls you know situations where where you never thought they were going to get a point, let alone three. So you you take the good with the bad, don't you? Yeah, I think you have to because you can list off all those games, as I say, and. And then you can add in Spurs away, United away. There's plenty of games where they, as you say, picked up points yeah. where perhaps they shouldn't. You know, you could sit there and you can 
add them all up and, and for and against and say, you know, Wolves have we picked up a few more points here. But mm-hmm. I think over the season, it probably fair near enough evens itself out. And, and you have to say the Wolves are in the position they are now, eighth, fighting for sixth, seventh within yeah. touching distance. Uh, as I said, I don't think fifth and fourth is probably realistic with the games in hand for the other teams. But you're looking at fifth and sixth, sorry, sixth and seventh as, as possibilities. And I think Wolves are probably about right for how they've been this season mm-hmm. um, because I don't, they're not a top four team. I think that's that's obvious. And I think they're, they're far and away been much better this season than the other 12, 13 teams in the in the league. So um, I think there's Wolves are about right. I, I think they're capable of finishing seventh um, and perhaps deserve it. That's a, a difficult argument to make, but perhaps deserve it. And Bruno deserves certainly credit for that because I sat here on this podcast beginning of the season and said 12th, I think, was the number I, I used. I used that again a few months later. Wolves had a fairly decent start after those first three games, of course, and felt that you know Wolves' depth and depth in quality was probably what was going to hold them back. And time and again, they've proved they've proven people wrong. We had a discussion, I think, in January or February to say, what at what point do we look at it and say that Wolves aren't overachieving anymore? This is just how good they are. I think that's still an argument you can probably make as well. But you have to give credit to the manager because he's come in, he's had to, in a, in a, in a period when the club is under transition, they've lost a, a long time, a long term manager um, after four years in Nuno. And he's come in, he's realise what he can change, what he can't change in the short term. So it's not been an overhaul in terms of formation, but it's been a, certainly a change in the style. Um, and he's got those players playing for him. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to do because those players were, were loyal to Nuno. They're a tight-knit group. And he's come in as a stranger, really, and has had to galvanise them. And I think he's done a, a superb job. Um, I think we, we said this, we had this argument probably in January as well, that he has to be in the, the run-in. And he won't be, but he has to be in the run-in for manager of the season uh, and I still think that he, he's one of the, the top three easily uh, I think he's been excellent I mean 31 games played they've won nearly half of them Liam they've won 15 games I know 15 games incredible I mean that's incredibly difficult in a Premier League to win 15 games a season and that's with 7 games to go they've won more games this season than Manchester United and that just Thanks. shows how well they've done. 15 look, games. Look at Chelsea. I know Chelsea have played two games less than mm. Wolves, but they're mm. on 17 wins. Yeah. And, and yeah. Chelsea are a, a bona fide Champions League side, a very, very talented squad. Wolves are two wins off them. I know they could win those two and it'd be four, but still, I mean, as we sit here now, they are they, are, they have done a, an excellent an excellent job. And the players deserve credit as well because um, they've had to adapt and change and uh, play with their backs against the wall at times. Lots of injuries, suspensions, difficult scenarios throughout the season, um, and and they've also pulled it off collectively as well as individuals. But I don't think any wolves, even if wolves finish eighth, I don't think there's one wolves fan. I don't think that can realistically criticise Bruno and the players for what I think has been a very successful season, regardless of whether they make Europe. Um, the only criticisms you can make is that there are regrettable games, but then equally, as we've just said there are games that Wolves won that perhaps they shouldn't have done or perhaps no one thought they would. Yeah, I mean, look, they're on 49 points from 31. So they've got seven games left. Their record points tally in the Premier League is 59, so 10 points 
That's when Wolves finished seventh, Liam, and, and got into Europe uh, under Nuno. And, and after that Premier League campaign, Nuno was was almost he was almost in godlike status, wasn't he? Let's be honest, he was, mm. with, with, and, and quite rightly so, because it was an incredible achievement. Wolves need ten more points from their last seven games to equal their best ever points tally. Eleven points, and they've got their best ever points tally in the Premier League. And yet, I feel like Bruno's not quite getting the credit he deserves from a lot of a lot of areas, under more constraints, perhaps, that he did that that, that Nuno was under. So why why do you think that is? Um, I think it's I think there's a lot of frustration over over spending and transfer windows that that fans uh, levy to Bruno and, and probably the club as a whole, which I think that builds up a part of it. Um, but you have to remember that you know. If the best analogy I can use, it's almost like a breakup when you lose Nuno, and then you know you're out dating again, and Bruno walks in, and you know the fans are going to take a little bit of time. I think a lot of them have taken to him, but some of them I think are going to need are going to need time, and I think the the best tonic to that is Wolves get Europe, and he takes them on a very good journey through Europe and has another good season next year, and I think there's 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 no doubt in then amongst the whole fan base that he has to have credit. For, for what he's done um, but I do think the vast majority understand that he's done an excellent job in constraints as you say difficulties with injuries and suspensions and um, and yeah I, th- I don't think there's anything other than than praise I can give I just hope now in these final seven games as you say they need 11 points from 21 uh, to have their best ever points total I don't think anyone cares much about that in comparison to Europe but again it's a, it's a good point uh, if they can get that and get Europe and, and not I'm going to say throw it away again. It might be a bit harsh, but I'm going to say throw it away. If they if they do that, it's a slightly disappointing aim because you feel like it's it's within reach. But equally, you have to look at it as a whole and say you know it's been an excellent season. Yeah, I mean as it stands, Liam, and if they keep it, let's say they even keep it close, it's going to go down to potential last game of the season. I had, uh, this, for, I had for this conversation. Football. I had this conversation yesterday with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was speaking to. I said, you know, Jesus, there's two of you. Christ. I know, I know. Oh, and, and believe it or not, I'm a better looking one. Um, oh wow! Um, <laughs> a lot of branches on the way down for you two. Crikey! Um, you seen a mirror lately? <laughs> um, um, Liverpool away, last day of the season. Um, I was actually having this conversation. I think it was a colleague in the office as well that I was. I was like, you know, I'd, I'd love it if. City Liverpool title race goes down to the last day of the season, and I think it probably will as well. And I was like, I'd love it if it does. And then they reminded me, they were like, you know, you know, Wolves are away at Liverpool last day of the season. I thought, oh shit. Um, yeah, you don't want it to be. You want them. You <laughs> yeah, want them exactly. to not be able to do anything, almost on the beach, and they don't exactly. want to get injured, and they exactly. want nothing to play for. They've got second locked up, and and Wolves are fighting for their lives, trying to get a win to get into Europe or even yeah. a draw. It comes down to them whether Wolves is, is you know is going to go down to the wire as well. And if I'm honest. With seven games to go, this isn't really a, a revelation of a of a prediction, but I I I'm going to call it now and say that I think the title race and Wolves' European race both go down to the final day, and that is going to be one tense Anfield. <laughs> it's, it's going to be incredible, uh, but I really do think because I think the way the form is going for the teams in and around Wolves, and I think they're all picking up fairly similar points. I think Wolves are more than capable of. Of getting a couple uh, on top as well, I really do think it will go down. And you know, there's a point between Liverpool and City. I know they do play each other uh, this weekend, actually, in the league, isn't it? And then mm-hmm. next weekend in the FA Cup. I think um, 
to, I mean, that could have a, a big say in it, but I do think that will come down to the final, the final day, uh, both of them, and it, it's going to be, it, it'll be incredible to to be there for it. I got. I used to work at Anfield as well. Did you? What did you yeah. used to do? When I um, when I when I went to uni in Liverpool. <laughs> half and half scarfs, weren't you? No, no, no. I no? Uh, I, I worked in um, hospitality. hospitality corporate. Yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked like in busman. Know, ser- were you serving drinks to tables and? Ah, uh, did you get any decent tips? Yeah, I did actually. I I, I don't even remember this game. It would have been. Maybe twenty sixteen. How or to 17. wear less baggy? Je- how how to wear more baggy jeans? Those are the uh, tips trousers, that you got there. Trousers actually. All oh, right. Okay. Um, I think it was twenty sixteen. Probably or served 20... me Kino a couple of times. Say again. Probably served me a couple of times. Oh no no no! I always remember the uh, the dickhead guys. Hey. Um, less of that in this podcast. PG. Oh, I've, I've I've sworn twice now. That's bad, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was twenty sixteen or seventeen. They they came back and won four three in the Europa League against Dortmund. I don't remember that game. Yes, I was. Um, it was a crazy game, like a couple of last minute goals. Um, and then yeah, when whenever basically they did well, and also that was an incredible game. We used to get some nice tips from some from some people. Uh, I actually got a ticket in the home end for Wolves' FA Cup win there 2-1 under Paul Lambert um, through a guy that I used to serve tables to or serve drinks oh, to at his yeah. table I used to serve his table every week and he knew I was a Wolves fan and he, he spoke to a, a, a season ticket holder that he knew and got me a ticket for that game because Wolves were obviously playing there So uh, what a guy what a guy I know, I know. well I had to pay for him as well but, he's, <laughs> but he still he still sorted me out Spears, um, uh, Spears told me to calm down when I jumped up in the press box because I had, I had Wolves to win that game I had two nil and two one, and I had I had uh, I had a lot of money on it, and uh, oh, that was a that was a very nice day. But I did get told to sit down in the uh, Liverpool press box, which wasn't great. Ooh, give us give us a story. What's what's going on behind the scenes? Give me a little bit of goss. What happened between you and the servers? There must be uh, something. There must be something that's gone on. Come on. Nah, to be honest, come on, not, Kino. Come not on. Much. I mean, I, I used to see obviously see a lot of the players and things like that around. I bumped into like Sturridge, Lalana, Milner a couple of times, and. I think I bumped into Klopp once. I think just sort of walking out, leaving work. Strangely, Peter Reid. I think one time I bumped into him. Oddly, Christ, but um, I can't even mentioning those kind of players. Like that's a big thing. Peter but that's what, that's what. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't. There wasn't really anything. There wasn't really anything big. Um, yeah, but come on, you know, you've got a. You've got. Tell me, probably, about a dissatisfied customer who's complaining. He's loud. He's brash. Give me some drinks. Get some drinks across here now. Come on, what do you do? I'll be honest with you, mate. I'll be honest with you. A little bit of spit in there, a little bit of... No, you know, no I wouldn't do that. You know, no, if someone glass, was rude to me... I'd... Glass, a glass, glass and, you know, in the pants for a little bit of a swill before you got there. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll change your glass, sir. Take it into the bathroom. I've got no problems you know? with a little swill if, someone, if someone's playing up. A little bit of limeade. Um, a little bit of limeade at the bottom of that glass. I'll be honest, mate. Everyone was always... Good. I mean, most of them weren't, obviously, scousers. Most of them had travelled up from London. But um, mm. <laughs> it was... Uh, no, I actually had a good time. Mate. It was all right there. To be fair, I was just thinking it would be quite. It's almost uh, fate, isn't it? I think I, as I say, I think those two are going to go down to the final day at Anfield. Mm. It'll be me back in my old stomping ground. Maybe I'll come on and score the winner that sends Wolves to to Europe. Who knows? It's going to be it's going to be fate, mate. I can tell. Anyway, back on Bruno Large and uh, the amazing job that he's done. Uh, if they if they did do that, um, and uh, it won't be Liam Keane scoring the goal, I guarantee you that. Um, Anfield. If if he does do that, I mean, a lot of people are saying, just imagine how well he'd done this season if he'd been backed. Now, you know, we've discussed it a lot this season about about finances, and and you've spoken to Scott, and and look, there's no FFP now. Wolves are out of FFP. But is it going to change much next season, regardless of if they do 
getting to Europe or not? Or is it just going to be this constant line of being self-sufficient? It's not what it used to be. The times have changed, etc., etc. It may change again, but for the for the short term, it's it, it, we've got to speculate to accumulate, yada yada, and um, and he's not going to get big money, you know, players in unless he gets players out. Yeah, it's um, you know, they they'll be in a slightly better position certainly, and of course, if they do well and, and finish well, um, and there are funds available, you know, they were willing to spend twenty five million on Botman, um, and and obviously that didn't go through. They were willing to. To bring Sanchez in, um, there is money to spend. It's it's just very particular. With um, they got money still coming from Jota, right? What they put? Yes. What Liverpool play well, a pound a month or something for about <laughs> one hundred and fifty-five years, some sort of deal. They they took an advance on those though. In December, I don't know if you remember, they took an advance with um, the the bank on the the final two instalments for that, which was around about twenty-six million. Um, so they've already had that money uh, already, uh, and when the Money from Jota does come in, it then goes back to uh, to the bank. It gets paid. Uh, so so they're, they're... Where, where did the money go then? Where's the Jota money go? Did it go on on Semedo and Fabio Silva and paying those instalments off? And that, well, it's it's uh, well, it, it potentially yes, it, but it comes in as a as a cash flow. Um, and they did the same with some Doherty money. I think it was January as well for his uh, move to, to Spurs. Um, it's it's all about cash flow because from a you know A to B, beginning and end of the season. Football clubs don't have that much income. It's mainly, you know, it all comes at one time. You, know, you get uh, season tickets at the beginning of the season. You get, you know, shirt sales, things like that. Most of that comes at the beginning of the season. Um, and then throughout a season, there actually isn't much money coming in. So just to manage the business for a cash flow perspective, um, a lot. It, it's standard across the Premier League, or, you know, pretty much every club will do it. Um, they'll get an advance on money that is due from transfer. Uh, transfer funds coming in um so yeah i mean that money you can't really say what it'll be used for i mean in terms of cash flow that'll be that'll be wages that's playing and non-playing staff that'll be general maintenance running the the business and the club um or they may use that further down the line for uh for transfers it may come into that it all just sort of gets it's all in the same pot basically that is that is worked around running the club um, so yeah, you, you can't really so it's, I looked into this at the time uh, in January or December sorry when the, the Jota money was, uh, came in um, you can't say it's because um, obviously the timing of that is interesting before January's transfer window but having spoken to people and looked into sort of the, the reasons why businesses and clubs do that um, you can't unless you can find evidence for it you can't link it to, to say they're using this for transfers or look, they're building a transfer war chest for example because it's it, it's just cash flow. If you're honest, it's actually just very boring business jargon. <laughs> is uh, is is the only real real um reason for that. Uh, but there there is money to spend. You know they they will have funds available. You know as I said, I'm not going to spend 150 200 million if they sell a Neves for 70 80. They'll have more. But um, but there is money there as well to to bring players in. But it's just the right player, the right financial deal as well and um, and if it's not right it won't be done okay thanks Kino uh, questions next but first of all a word from our sponsors Adoption at Heart Adoption at Heart provides adoption services 
for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Warsaw Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates. And to book your place, call 01902 Right, let's get on to some questiones. Let's do it. Chris, um, there's quite a few people asking this. Uh, there's been some uh, some talk this week about, uh, I think, uh, David Ornstein of The Athletic broke that Wolves are, are looking to potentially replace Ruben Neves and, and Jean Moutinho, two guys who we know we discussed a lot with Ruben Neves, got a couple of years to run his contract, Jean Moutinho. Um, his contract uh, runs out at the end of the season so could Neves and Moutinho be replaced with two names Palinia and Nunes uh, a little bit about these players and whether these guys would fit into the uh, the setup or Bruno Larger's plans Liam Keane I know it's a loaded question <laughs> yeah it's all um, it's all very ifs buts and maybes at the moment very much so which doesn't sound very exciting because in terms of the players Wolves do own currently um they're obviously talking to Moutinho uh, and understand that they, they would like to keep hold of him. Um, they are in talks with Ruben Neves, as I uh, revealed a couple of weeks ago, um, and with the pieces on the on the website today that you know they aren't giving up hope on keeping hold of him. It's not cut and dry that he'll leave. It's equally not cut and dry that he'll stay, of course. But they are um, they are hoping and, and working on uh, signing to a new deal. So, of course, as I say, if lots of maybes, if the, if they do, if they do, it don't stay rather. So, um, it's uh, it's going to be an ongoing saga, and I wouldn't suspect anything will be tied up um, quickly. I've been saying all along with both those players that it's it will run and run, um, and we're probably looking at certainly end of the season uh, earliest before before we hear anything. I would imagine, um, and then in terms of those other two players, um, in terms of. Their age, uh, 23 and 26, uh, that is Paulinho and, uh, and Nunes, Jao Paulinho and Matias Nunes, for, for those who are wondering, mm. both at Sporting um, in Portugal. 23 and 26, both Portuguese, both Portugal internationals, uh, two midfielders, obviously. Um, both Mendes clients? Uh, so that's, a, that's a great question. Mm. Uh, I should be able to tell you right now, uh, Nunes, no, from the looks of it. Mm. And... I don't know about Paulinho because it's not telling me here. I wish I had prepared for that question. I don't know. I don't know. It was some, some Jathan, not for Nathan. It was some Jathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying okay. to get you off, off the <laughs> um, But in terms of the, I suppose, the profile uh, of them, they certainly fit a, um, a Wolves player, don't they? Or Wolves target. So uh, there's no surprise there that the, the reports are that Wolves are looking at the two of them. I know Paulinho in particular has been linked with a lot of clubs and he was linked with Spurs last summer if my memory serves me right. Yeah, so, he was, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's, yeah, as I say, it's all it's all very ifs, buts and maybes at the moment. But two players that y- you could imagine fit the system um, and, and fit the, not only the, the football side of things, but also the um, the business and the profile of players that Wolves like to, to bring in as well. Um, and then looking at, uh, you know, in terms of what they're like as a player, Polinio, I have actually seen him a couple of times and um, I, I forget which game it was, but I remember watching him for Portugal in one game and being very impressed. 
Um, he is more of a defensive-minded player, but he's very athletic, very strong on the ball. Um, so I, I liked what I saw with him. He's played 12 times for the national team now. So um, And his debut was actually only in March uh, last year, so only just over a year ago that he made his debut. So he's been a pretty constant fixture for them, really, over the last year. Uh, and then looking at Nunes, who, if I'm honest with you, I hadn't, I mean, I'd heard of him, but I didn't know a fat lot about him, to be honest. Um, his debut was in October uh, last year, so only recently. He's had, uh, that's for Portugal, that is, and he's had five appearances. Um, and, and I understand from, you know, in the last couple of days, looking at uh, a bit of him online, that he's more sort of attack-minded um, as, a, as a midfielder. So in terms of, if you were to say hypothetically, that they came in to replace Neves and Moutinho, then... Well, one, it's a massive task to do that, and it's a you know a big burden to put on two players. But equally, um, in terms of style, they do seem to fit that mould. So um, it very well could be people putting two and two together, getting five, um, or it could be uh, it could be realistic. But it certainly seems likely that um, that that will be you know certainly monitoring them. Okay, um, Howling Wolf has kind of discussed about, about Fabio, wants to know about Fabio and Raul and whether he could see Fabio uh, longer term if he does well. We, we kind of discussed that one, I guess, already. Uh, Richard Fletcher, who used to work for the Express and Star Digital team, if you remember Richard. I do. Uh, Wolves fan as well. He says, has VAR ruined football? Because of, its, because of its black and white nature, it's enforced absurd rules like delayed offside flags, stupid handballs, minimal offsides and confusion with coming togethers. In my opinion, it hasn't improved the game at all and only ruins the spectacle for fans. Do you agree, Kino? You might know the answer to this, but I think Richard lives in my, somewhere my way as well, doesn't he? I, think I bumped into yeah, him. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I'm 100% certain. I bumped into him once in... Tesco and Warwick I think it was near the beginning of the pandemic mm. um, yeah uh, actually I, I don't think I said this I don't think I said to him at the time I know this is not his question so apologies Richard I will be quick um, I actually bumped into it as I say in Tesco and I just finished a half marathon ah I've only ever done two and they were both over lockdown um, just with friends not like an actual king size event. or regular I don't know the difference you don't know the difference between a king size Snickers and a regular marathon, no? Oh, Before your was, time? Oh, that is a Dad terrible joke. joke. Dad that joke. Is, that <laughs> is absolutely horrific. I'll be here all um, week. And um, I made the mistake of finishing the run at literally where my car was parked. Okay. Collapsing, getting in my car. When driving. you said you made the mistake of finishing your run where your car was parked, isn't there a start and a finish that everybody has to go by? You no, can't no, no, change no. your distance. No, 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 no. If you listen to what I just said about thirty seconds ago, Mister Judah, I know you're getting old, but I just said it was with some friends and not okay. a, and not an organised event. Okay, so potentially it was half. Yeah, it's probably about ten k. If you're calling it half. No, carry on, yeah. well, no, it was twenty one k. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, I didn't walk it off basically, and my mm. and I then proceeded to walk around doing my my weekly shop in Tesco and I couldn't walk um, I was <laughs> leaning on the trolley walking round oh, no. and I bumped into him and I, I, I played it off and didn't tell him but oh. he was stood and he was stood there talking to me and I, and I, I wanted to speak to him because he always got on with Rich he was a nice bloke but I was like I'm in absolute agony right now I need to go <laughs> and I just sort of like made I just sort of made some sort of excuse and, and went and I, I'm, you so parted him off mate don't, don't give it that so, you give it the big time mate you've had a couple of compliments now you've all supported you haven't got time for a lot of people I was Warsaw got, back then mate this was Warsaw days this you've was. got I have, I've seen you Kino, you've got you know you've gone from this this 
this young, cute, you know, cute. admirable, <laughs> admirable little lad, and, and you become you become a monster overnight. Now your walls are poor. You're walking around. You're giving it the big I am. You're trying to make out like you're some sort of karate kid. You know, when people approach you, like oh, I'll give you a couple of minutes of my time, but I can't give you any more. Otherwise, I'll have to start charging. You've changed. You've changed. How has this turned on me when I was just, <laughs> I was just telling us? Anyway, I wanted to answer uh, the question, man. I don't think I ever mentioned this to Richard because I, I haven't seen him since. I maybe I'll bump into him again, but apologies for that if I seem like I was rushing away quickly. Because I always thought of that every time I see him on Twitter. I thought, oh my god, I was so rude. Anyway, he's a nice bloke, Richard. But um, yeah, I uh, in answer to his question, I agree. If that if that makes it any <laughs> That's better, it, I agree. If that, if that makes it any better, I totally agree. I think VAR is crap. Um, okay. I like the idea of helping officials because I don't think the officials are much better, to be honest. And it's always frustrating when you've got human error. Um, but then with human error, there is always a get-out-of-jail-free you know, get card because it's human error by definition. Whereas with VAR, what is the excuse? The only excuse is that the rules don't allow them. But then, again, that comes back to the same people that make the rules. It's a load of nonsense. Either make the rules fit the game and use VAR in, in a way that it's going to be as least intrusive into the into the game as possible or don't use it at all that's that's my opinion um paul we kind of answered your question about marcel because i discussed him in detail earlier on in the podcast mark harvey i'm not quite sure what mark means by this he says if we're losing players such as jean moutinho romain saiz marcel and ruddy how many british players do we need to sign to comply with the new rules do you need to tell mark or shall i about moutinho saiz and marcel uh, um, I'll, I'll let you say this one. Well, no, I'm just saying that. But let, let's just let's just break it down <laughs> and say um, how many British players do Wolves need to sign to comply with the new rules? <laughs> um, sorry, I, I I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I've done, my head's gone. I I had the answer somewhere and I've lost it. I I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, I know there's a certain amount, but home it's homegrown, isn't it? And that's not yes. just British. Yeah. Um, it's dependent on players coming through academies, and Wolves are fine. Wolves, yeah, there's nothing okay. to worry about. Okay. They might okay. lose one in Ruddy. I think they'll be all right. Uh, Reggie, uh, as we are missing our best player of the season so far in Neves and our talisman in Jimenez, do you think Saturday's win against the Vile was our best performance of the season so far, all things considered? Can't say it'd been the best for me. Uh, I don't think I can see you know in the con- one of the most important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In terms of the context, as you know, he's just said in the question, uh, I can see why you might come to that conclusion. But I think there's probably definitely been better performances. Um, I thought you know, they were still deserved it, and it was gr- a great win. But there probably have been better performances, definitely. Um, in just to give one point that sort of backs him, him up a little bit is that the importance of bouncing back from Leeds, but also having the same situation where you go 2-0 up and you've given a goal away and you've held on. I know it was slightly different in terms of the timings, but um, I think that mentally that would be important for the squad. It's a sort of something they've overcome. Okay. Um, next one. Jay says, Johnny and Semedo are our two best fullbacks, so there's the thought to that switching Johnny back to the left to play both, but with Johnny looking so good and scoring from the right... Should we just continue with him there and let Ryan Nori, Marcel and Semedo fight it for the left? Yeah, I think they're, they that probably will be the case for at least the immediate future. Nah, Semedo's not fighting for the left, is he? He's always going to be right, Semedo. No, no, no. I, I mean that Johnny will stay on the right, I think. Right, um, yeah, yeah. I think 
he, you know, he scored two in two games. I think he's played very well actually in the last four that he's mm. he started the last four. I think he's played very well in pretty much all of them. Um, yeah, I don't see him actually losing his place at least for the you know the next the, at least the next game, perhaps you know the next two, three, four of the last seven. Um, if you're asking me what I I think there was another question on there, so I can kill two birds with one mm. stone. I think if you're asking me what my starting two fullbacks would be, and I think I've said it on here before, it would be Johnny on the left, Smeda on the right. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Alright, next question. Sorry, I'm trying to I'm having a nightmare here. I just lost it. I just lost it. I just lost it. Give me a question, keynote. Alright. Good thing I've got it up as well. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Govinda Pawar asks, um, Villa have been overrated all season because they make noise for the media. Perslow and Gerard love to go on TV and talk big. The opposite happens with us at Wolves. Do the club need to attract more media attention to change perceptions? Or is flying under the radar preferable? Mm. Uh, so, uh, we'll switch roles. I will put this to you, Mr. Judah. Sorry, I wasn't listening, mate. Sorry, I was going through the questions. So oh, yeah. Answer. Knew it. I knew it. I, 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 I switched off when you were talking, mate. Sorry. I could tell. Oh, my God. I put him under the bus. Um, I mean, from my perspective, as both um, a Wolves journalist and as a Wolves fan, I would, I've in, for both, you know, in, in both instances, I would say no. Do Wolves, the players, the club... The management, even most fans, do many of them really care what you know? As you say, the media, you know, whether that's national or match of the day or whatever it is, does, mm. does anyone really care what they say or how much they 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 show wolves? I don't. Do you like being written off though? Do you like it? No, I, I don't think it's that. It's a it's a written off. I think there is just a and I, when I, I, I I'm thinking really of the broadcast because there's a lot of good national written journalists that I work with that, that give a lot of. You know, attention to Wolves so it's I'm certainly not talking about those I think I think it's really the broadcast and TV and, and mm. you, you know your Sky and your Match of the Days mm. that don't really give Wolves as much attention and I, frankly I'm not sure anyone really cares no. I mean for me if Wolves can go under the radar and achieve brilliant things in a season rather than having a lot of hype and eyes on them I think that's preferable mm. yeah I think so too uh, Sensi says uh, it's, it's now confirmed that Johnny Drury jinxes the teams he's covering with that being said, make sure he doesn't cover Wolves ever again. Yes, Johnny Drury was at the ground on Saturday. However, he was covering Aston Villa. So uh, it wasn't a surprise to see Villa uh, Villa go 2-0 down at half-time, was it? So, yeah, he's kept his losing record going pretty considerably. But thankfully, Thank thankfully, he wasn't doing uh, he wasn't doing Wolves on Saturday. I know. Well, we, we had that discussion, didn't we? You said if, mm. if, if depending on, you know, who wins and who loses, just how does it affect his, uh, his record? But I think considering he was, you know, covering Villa on the day, it had to be whichever way Villa's result went for them. Mm. So I'm so pleased that he did not jinx <laughs> Wolves again. I mean, his record is a shambles. Is it like a handful of wins in like 24 games? Or four in like 25 that? now, or four, four in 24. 24. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. Astonishing. Uh, Johnny says, uh, would you like to play, would you like St. Maximan at the club? And if so, how much would you pay? Uh, kind of, and look, these stories are going to come back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But, it's been discussed that Wolves may be interested in a bid for, for St. Maximum. I can't see it, to be honest. But would you take that kind of a player? Yeah, I suppose I would on the face of it. But, um, yeah, is he is he just not just a B-Tech Adomitrori? I think he is, isn't he? I mean, I know, obviously, when he scores goals, everybody's, you know, lauding him. But 
you know, he's one of those where you'll have one good game and four where you'll just absolutely go absolutely nowhere. Not, not even a, not even doesn't track back. And I don't think so. I don't think he fits in to what Bruno's looking for either. To be honest, so. no, I don't think he suits the style of what. And he's going to cost a lot of money at the same time. Yeah, well, exactly. Not feeling it now. Uh, Andy Matthews says, any recommendations for eating out in San Francisco, Nathan? Uh, is that off there on Saturday? Oh, what a place to go. Um, hope you're going to Alcatraz, Andy. Uh, yes, been to San Francisco many times. Let me have a try to think. I'm always, you like, you'll, you'll like a good, and I'll be taking you, if and when we go to America, Kino, for pre-season. Always like a good brunch, a breakfast brunch, a proper American style. There's a place in America that does their signature brown sugar glazed millionaire's bacon. Oh. How good does that sound? It does sound good. Sweet Maple is where you need to be going, Andy. That is the place to be. Uh, Fisherman's Wharf. Of course, you've got to get some clam chowder, so get yourself Fisherman's Wharf. There's plenty of amazing places there. Pier 23 for some proper fish as well. Um, and like I say, um, if you want kind of like a, a little taste of all, uh, then Sideways Food Tours in San Francisco. Always a great place to get yourself five or six uh, local amazing little tastes and uh, you're walking as well so you're burning all those calories off so it's a win-win how's that that was a, quite a comprehensive guide there to be fair should, perfect uh, should start charging uh, what else do we say we kind of lots of glasses there lots of questions about Paulinha and Nunes so we've kind of discussed that we've discussed the Wolves women I think we're doing alright so far Wolfpack with Semedo fully fit is our best setup Johnny on the left Semedo on the right we've discussed that as well last one uh, Wayne says, um, as fans, are we too quick to write off players? Are we all guilty of it with Dendonka, Marcel and Silva proved how good they can be? So, although I'm, he says, I'm still not convinced by Trincao, but he's looking better. Are we too quick to write players off, Liam? Yeah, I think um, for fans, it, it just comes down to one word. And that's just emotion. I think, you know, fans care so much. And if one player has one bad game or a string of bad games or a string of average performances um, it's like you know you, modern football you're not going to get I think Wolves are very good for this actually to be honest but I think in modern football you're not going to get a team of 25 players that are going to give everything and die for the shirt it's mm. just it's just not a reality in modern football I don't I'd, maybe that's me being sort of maybe that's me romanticising the football of 10, 15, 20 years ago but I just don't think it's quite in the culture of, of modern football um, and I think that really is what it comes down to it's not a question of many Wolves players because I think Wolves have got a very hard working team actually and a lot of players that do care um, but the fans yeah jump on the back I think of players probably slightly too quickly um, I think you're, there's nothing wrong with analysing performances you know as part of my job of course I have to, I have to do that but I think you have to do it in context and you have to then be prepared to give them credit when they either prove you wrong or rectify in another performance. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they don't get to where they are, those players that you've mentioned, they don't get to where they are without some talent and, and, and hard work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're obviously good players. Right, we're off to New Assel, baby. It's New Assel against uh, <laughs> wow. Wolves Wanderers on, uh, on Friday night. Good God, I mean, talk about the flipping games to reschedule. What a bugger. I mean, it's just pathetic, really, that they've got to... Travel on a Friday afternoon up to Newcastle. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's absolutely 100% impossible if you're working a nine to five job that you're going to make the kickoff. And that it should never be like that. It should never be like that. Uh, you've got, especially on a Friday afternoon, that could be, if you set off at the wrong time to Newcastle, you could be 
could have taken you four hours to get up there easily easily uh but anyway it is what it is uh and being villa this is another game where they will look i mean newcastle just got absolutely pasted by spurs 5-1 after going 1-0 up so they might they've got a soft underbelly of course this is still a lot of the same squad that were there that were struggling under uh under your man steve bruce uh, before My before master. he went, uh, so it's definitely a game. And look, I think with Newcastle as well, there's a lot of pressure at the time. They've come in. How's got the results? They're safe now. They're safe. They're not going anywhere. So maybe there's that little bit of just taking their foot off the gas. There's a little bit of well, let's look to next season. They could be on the beach. There could be a Newcastle side who could be on the beach very very early. So if you get into them quickly and if you can start like you did against Aston Villa, that could be perfect for this side. It's a winnable game, Kino, and they need to win this, I think, to keep this, get into this 6th, 7th mix pretty quickly. Um, and I think they can do it. What do you reckon? What do you make of it? Yeah, I think it's um, it's actually, I think it's a huge game. I really do. I think, I think it's some ways bigger than, bigger than Villa because it's the kind of game that if Wolves are going to achieve what they want to this season, that they, that they win. And there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Looking at, at Newcastle and sort of what they what they pose as a threat or what they offer. Um, they did pretty well in the first half against Spurs. I watched the game, um, obviously took the lead. I thought they did, you know, they, they did okay. They, they they weren't anything special, but they, you know, they created a few chances. Spurs weren't, weren't quite at it. And then second half, they just completely fell apart um, all over the place in defence. And, and you've seen how Wolves have been able to, to do that to teams this season. I know Villa aren't exactly prolific in defence, but they made them look like amateurs at times in that first mm, half. Mm. Um, Wolves are capable of stringing really accurate, quick attacking phases of play together that potentially could cause them all sorts of trouble. Um, you look at you know Dan Byrne at the back and, and Shah started as well, of course, scored that free kick um, on Sunday. You're not probably going to get much luck from set pieces. And to be honest, Wolves should do better at set pieces anyway with the likes of Bolly and Kilman. But... Um, that doesn't seem like the way to go. I think for me, it's the fullbacks. I think Matt Target is a is a decent player, but I don't think he's anything special. He's better than what they had, of course, before they brought him in. But nothing special. Mankio, of course, is playing at the moment because Trippier is injured. I don't think he's special whatsoever. Um, I know Mankio came off, and off the top of my head, I'm not sure if that was an injury or not. But either way, I think what they can be got at at fullback certainly. Midfield playing Joe Linton, Shelby, Willock. I think that's soft defensively. I think that can certainly be got at. Chris Woods caused problems for Wolves in the past. <laughs> I'm sure you can remember last season. Um, but I think he's scored three goals all season. But he's having a, he's having a very poor season. Isn't yeah. Maximan, same Maximan on the on the left. Ryan Fraser on the right. This more applies to say Maximan than, than Fraser, but really both of them are players that can cause problems on their day, but don't turn them often enough. I'm not writing Newcastle off because I think Eddie Howe's done a, a very good job actually with the squad he's got. And he's put together a string of results that has not quite, but almost got, got them safe. Um, I still think they've got a little bit of work to do. They're fifteenth uh, on thirty-one points, uh, Watford on twenty-two. So they're nine, they're nine points uh, clear, but I think that's probably you know, going to be enough with a, a few points they'll pick up at the end of the season. But looking at their squad, a lot of it is still Championship level. If I'm honest, it really is. I thought that about Newcastle squad for quite a long time, obviously with the former ownership not not exactly um, mm. pumping loads into the right players. But 
I, I feel like it's a real championship level starting eleven or and squad overall. So I think Wolves talent wise, manager wise, I think I've got the upper hand. But I think Eddie Howe's done a very good job. Going away there will not be will not be easy. The atmosphere on a Friday night. So don't turn up drum Kino. If you're getting there early, don't go for a couple of beers. I don't want you I don't want you swaying in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about that. I'm staying over. Maybe I'll go. Have, I might go have one. Maybe a couple of looseners uh, before the game. A couple of looseners before the game. If anyone wants to uh, meet up and buy me a drink, well, maybe our editor who's listening to this will uh, will we'll buy you a drink and also send you his, the P45 if you're drinking on the job. Um, <laughs> I right. wouldn't do that, you know. Light, lightning round of uh, of questions uh, for team news for Wolves. I'm going to ask you, Kino. Give me the lowdown. Bolly. Cody and Kilman were the back three. Saiz was left out. Um, uh, Bruno said it was an easy decision, actually, because uh, because of the amount of game time that he'd played recently. Do you keep with that back three, or do you think Saiz comes back into the fold? You're asking what I would do. No, I'm asking say, what Bruno will do. I say yes. I think Saiz comes back in. Do you? Yeah. Who for? I think Bolly drops to the bench. You think Bolly drops? Oh, mate. They'll I be spitting Kilman feathers, the fans, the right. if, they, if, if, if they see that. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. I think he's going to keep the same three. But we'll see. I, I would keep the same three, but I, I think Kilman moves back to the right. I think Sice comes in. Okay. Johnny and Marcel start against Newcastle. Do Johnny and Marcel start if it's a fit Samedo and a fit Ryan Aitnori? Um Johnny, yes. I think Aitnori starts. Oh, okay. Wow. It's all going on this week. I'm going for okay. it. Okay. Aitnori starts for Marcel. Okay. I'm assuming we're in, in agreement that Jose Sars playing. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Big John. Yeah. Big John. Um, okay, midfield. Two in in Moutinho and Dendonka. Or does Luke Cundell come in and play a three? It's a two. It's a two. It's a two, yeah. It's a yeah. two. I think there's some temptation, particularly if Newcastle play three in midfield. But uh, yeah, I think they go two. Okay, which leads me to the final question, which is, of course, the front three if they're playing a two. Is it... The same as before, is it Francisco Trincao, Fabio Silva and Daniel Pedence? Or does Juan Yi Chan or another uh, get a look in? It's Pedro Neto. I think it's the same. Same front three? Yeah, I think Trincao, Pedence are the side of, uh, mm-hmm. of Fabio. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there with, with, with Huang, and, uh, Huang and Neto. And look, if one of those front three aren't playing particularly well... I think you might change it pretty quickly, actually, because those are two great options. And if if one, look, they're all at the races to a certain extent. I think on Saturday, if one of them has dipped, I would not be surprised if they are hooked pretty quickly in this game because two good players on the bench with options there. Yeah, it's nice to see Wolves with a couple options as well, isn't it, off the mm. bench? Um, and yeah, two two good options. Chiquinho's come on yeah. quite a lot fairly recently as well. Actually, is mm-hmm. an option there. So yeah, they've um, yeah they've got uh, they've they've got you know options to change the game if mm. if and when they need it but let's hope they have a, another quick first half 2-0 at half time we're not yeah, giving you, out you'll be swaying in the press box mate, after all those tequilas before the, no, before the game I tell you I've been swaying in the Newcastle press box a couple of times in the last few years but that's one, that's one for another another occasion um, right two shirts on offer this week not one but two Whoa. two playing shirts two Wolverhampton Wanderers Replica kits are up for grabs. So you've got to get this right, son. You've got to get this right. I'm going to go first, and then I'll leave the floor to you, Kino, to finish off. Okay. I've already got my in my head, so okay. I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm going to say, Newcastle United won. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. Their Ooh. fifth draw of the Ooh. season. 
Only the fifth. Well, Tino, finish off, please. Let's hope you're not right. Okay, well, I hope I'm not right. If it's Because uh, I, I can't see a prediction of Newcastle win. I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves. 2-0 Wolves! 2-0 Wolves, baby! Let's have it. Oh, I tell you what, if they do win 2-0... I'm going to say... No, I'm going to say this. If Wolves... How do I say this now? Let's have a look. Well, there's not that many people listening. How many people listening? 5,000 of you? It's not a big deal. No. I'm going to say... I guess people can put it out on Twitter, but not... Yeah, I'm going to say this. If Wolves win... To nil... We've got to be to nil. Wherever we end up, in whatever bar, which we will be going to, if you see me, come up, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> I'll buy you a drink. On me, not on anyone else, on me. If there's Wolves fans, I'm in the bar, and Wolves have won to nil, I will buy you a drink. I'll buy you a free drink. Come up to me. I don't go them on the dance floor, where they're at the bar, where I'm in the toilet. Actually, don't, don't come up to me in the toilet. This is all a bit weird. But um, anywhere else, come up to me. Give us a text. Say, Judah, podcast. We, we won 3-0 we won tonight. I will take you to the bar. I will take out of my wallet a £20 note. I shall give it to the bar and I shall get that person anything that he wants. There you go. You've heard it here first. How's that? Well, you can't say fairer than that, can can't you? can't say so fairer than that. It won't Wolves get win anyway. and don't concede. Wolves win and don't concede. Very much. Very, Kino. Could be, could, could be a good night. It could be a good night. Could be a steady right. night for Judah Judah bank account, but it could be a great night for Wolves. Does that does that also count for me if I spot you in a bar? Because I know obviously I won't be invited when you and Spears go out for a drink. So does that count if I? Uh... <laughs> you know, you're you're always invited. You just need to contribute more to the conversation. Don't be shy. Oh, there's no um, need for that. I will. Um, I will buy you three drinks. How's that? Blimey. If they win to nil. Blimey. Three drinks. Splashing the cash, mate. Three drinks. We haven't gotten to breakfast yet. See how lucky you are. Right, okay, from me, from Kino, have a great weekend. We'll see you all at Newcastle on Friday night. Well, I say that, just take a couple of oxygen masks for those stairs. Have a great weekend, take care, bye-bye!